You know, we're going to finish up our, our series of lessons called Holy Habits. And we started this series before the lockdown even started. And quite honestly, uh, we've all had to adjust. We've all had to make some changes on what is God trying to even tell us and what are the habits that we really need to be able to practice in our lives. So far, we've talked about meditation and how important that is, feasting on the Word of God. We, we talked about fasting. We talked about having faith and not fear. Uh, we talked about trusting God. And last week, Brad talked about active rest and how we've got to be yoked with Jesus Christ. There's one holy habit I want us to practice, and this is the holy habit, remembering the Lord. Remembering the Lord. And what do I mean by that? I mean, we habitually remember the promises of God. We consistently remember what He tells us in His Word. We rely on the assurances that God gives us for our security. That's what I mean by remembering the Lord. We have to constantly be able to remember Him throughout our day. And if we do that, that's going to make us just a better, a better person with God. It's going to strengthen our walk with God. Here's my goal today for us in our Bible study, is that we gain a greater respect for God's Word, and that we appreciate what He has told us and what He has said, and that, and that we remember as God's people, we remember today what He has spoken to us. That's my goal. I want us to have a greater respect for God's Word, and we remember how it applies for our lives even today. What does the Bible say and how the coronavirus can be stopped? Now, it may not specifically talk about the coronavirus, but it's amazing as we look into God's Word, how God has already told His people what to be able to do. It's amazing what He can do. He's, he's told us principles, He's told us practicals of what to do when disease hits. And my hope is that we build our trust on God and His Word. I want us to take a look at this graphic. This is a very sobering graphic of some of the world's uh, pandemics that have happened in history. And I hope you can see it on your screen, but on the bottom right is the COVID-19 virus and the pandemic and how it's affected lots of people today. Uh, as of this morning, uh, a little over 1.2 million people have been infected. And it's approaching about 68,000 deaths. And that's very sobering to think about all these individuals who have passed as a result of this virus. Now, what we may not hear as much, and this should be good news for us and a glimmer of hope, almost 257,000 people have recovered from this virus. And that's good news uh, for us and for the world. But several global pandemics have affected the human history over time. The one I want to point out, and you probably noticed that on the upper left-hand corner, is the bubonic plague, the Black Death, the Black Plague. And that began in Europe in 1347 A.D. Here's the thing. It killed an astonishing 200 million people. That is sobering, brothers and sisters. That would be like 60% of the U.S. population being wiped out by this disease. It's sobering. It's not enjoyable to think about. 
What's interesting is that the only way that the Black Plague was finally contained was when people finally applied the Bible and the principle of quarantine. It's really interesting in what happened. Now, ironically, this, this happened in Europe. It was the Italians who actually led the way in helping to stop the infectious disease. After studying Leviticus, Leviticus 13, and that's actually a chapter we're going to pull out some scriptures from today. But after studying Leviticus 13, the Venetians, they started making all those people who actually arrived into their country, they made them stay in isolation. Very interesting things. Even at first, when sailors would come and visit their country, they would increase their isolation. They would stay on their ships for 30 days, and they actually had a Venetian law called the Trentino. And as time went on, the Italians increased this forced isolation an additional 40 days, two 40 days, called a quarantino. And this is where that word quarantine actually comes from and how the Western world started practicing this isolation discipline. Ultimately, taking God's word seriously helped to save more people. That's exactly what happened. And that's why it's so important for you and me as people of God. We've got to see God in all of this and what's happening. And how does this apply for us today in worshiping the Lord? Well, regardless of how this coronavirus started, whether by accident or whether by purpose, it's important for us to go to the scriptures to see what does God say about dealing with disease. And I wanted to be able to highlight briefly some, some passages from Leviticus 13. If you haven't read that, a rash or a bright spot on his skin that may become an infectious skin disease, he must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. The priest is to examine the sore on his skin, and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it's an infectious skin disease. When the priest examines him, he shall pronounce him ceremonially unclean. Again, this is all before modern medicine, but God gave the Israelites direction when, when something fishy was happening, when there was a, uh, an outbreak from the skin. The people were meant to go to these priests. Now, these priests were not physical physicians or anything like that, but they had to serve as public health officials at the time. And the priests would examine the sore, and then they would determine whether this person had an infectious skin disease or not. In Leviticus 13, verse 8, Look what happens. The priest is to examine him, and if the rash has spread in the skin, he shall pronounce him unclean. It's an infectious disease. So a person who is newly diagnosed with leprosy 
it was just a, a fact at that point that they had an infectious disease. The priest would determine that. And the priest didn't worry about hurting this individual's feelings. They were automatically categorized in a different set of citizens because of this infectious disease. They were just calling it what it was. Then in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, again, I, I, found, I find all these passages so interesting. I hope they're interesting for you as well. But it says, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes. Let his hair be unkept. We're probably doing that right now, right? In home. Cover the lower part of his face and cry out, Unclean, unclean. Wow, back then when someone was determined to have this infectious skin disease, they would actually have to walk around the streets and, and publicly speak out so that others would keep a distance and they'd have to cry out, Hey, I'm unclean, unclean. God already instituted social distancing back then. Even though people might not have totally understood, God was giving them direction of what to do as people. One of the first things that the priest had to do was to separate people who were infected. Leviticus 13, verse 4. If the spot on his skin is white but does not appear to be more than skin deep and the hair in it has turned white, the priest is to put the infected person in isolation for seven days. Leprosy wasn't always easily determined in the first few days, but the priest would give an additional seven-day period to help that person determine whether that person has the skin disease or not. In verse 5, on the seventh day, the priest is examine him, and if he sees that his sore is unchanged and is not spread in the skin, he is to keep him in isolation another seven days. I mean, the priest could determine, hey, we need to tack on another seven days of isolation. God gives us already direction. He's already anticipated what would happen, and He gives His people principles of what to do. Well, what would happen to those who had leprosy? It says in verse 46, as long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. Look at this. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. God understands the danger of disease spreading. He understands how powerful it is and how it can impact people's lives. And he says they need to live alone for a period of time. This self-quarantine, this isolation stuff, this is not new to God, brothers and sisters. God directed it. People who had leprosy were sent outside of the town to live. People were meant to stay away from people who were infected. Look, even the clothes were a concern of people who had infectious skin disease back then. In verse 50, now this is talking about mildew, but this is another infectious disease. The priest has examined the mildew and isolate the affected article for seven days. So even the priests were to determine whether the clothes were infected and unclean. And they would actually isolate even the clothes. And if the priest found that the leprosy uh, uh, didn't have leprosy, but if, if the priest determined that they didn't have leprosy, then they'd just have to wash their clothes. But uh, look in Leviticus 13, verse uh, uh, 50, 52, 54, he shall order that the contaminated article be washed, then he is to isolate it for another seven days. So again, the priests had to determine not only for the person, but also their articles, their clothing, whether it was clean or unclean. And if it was severe, verse 52 gives direction. He must burn up the clothing 
or the woven or knitted material of wool or linen or any leather article that has the contamination in it because the mildew is destructive. The article must be burned up. So in some cases, the Bible commanded that even the clothes be burned to get rid of the disease. Isn't this amazing? This is amazing. Uh, this is where the health laws initially have come from. It comes from God. It comes from God's Word. He understands the damage that disease will cause. But I, I find this amazing. Again, even before modern science, people had no idea what would cause these diseases. But today we do have a better idea. How does it apply for us today? How does it apply for us today? Well, I, I think about, you know, if God did this for the Israelites back then, don't you think He's also going to tell us the truth about so many other things about life? Don't you think He's going to warn us and protect us and share about His love and share about His grace and share about heaven that's waiting for us and share about how to be right with Him? and share about how damaging sin is, don't you think that God, who was able to do this, is still able to tell us the truth today through His Word? I think so. And that's why I, I, I desire for you and for me to gain such a greater respect for God's holy Bible, for God's holy Word. God's Word is always going to be there long, long after we're all gone. But His Word is always going to be there. God talked about isolation. He talked about examining. He talked about social distancing. He talked about hygiene. He talks about all these things. And brothers and sisters, we're living in an unprecedented time. Not everything is hunky-dory for everyone in this world. There's lots of mourning. There's lots of grief. There's lots of pain. There's lots of questioning. There's lots of concern. There's lots of fear that's hitting our world today. You know, I, I, I heard some stories this past week, and I just wanted to show some quick pictures, but it's heartbreaking to hear some of these stories. The first picture you see is of a married couple, married 51 years, and yet they contracted the COVID-19 virus, and they died recently six minutes apart from one another. I, I just don't think this married couple thought that this is the way their life was going to end. This gentleman on, on your screen, a bus driver in Detroit, Jason Hargrove, and he's been serving out in the public, and, and, and he's been picking up passengers. He's making a good living, and, and a woman comes on the bus, and she starts coughing uh, several times without even covering her mouth, and and obviously, this, this, this gentleman, Jason, was so upset. He, he later got off his bus, and he posted a, a video just expressing how upset he was and how, you know, you got to have the decency to cover your mouth. If you're going to be in public, at least, you know, be serious about this. And what's so sad is that this bus driver, several days later, started feeling different symptoms. Sadly, he died several days later, because of the virus. You know, it's stories like that that break my heart. 
It's, it's stories like that, that that move me. And, you know, there, there's got to be heart coming from us to take this seriously. Some people in our world aren't taking this seriously. We've got to take it seriously. We've got to do our part until it touches you or me or someone that we know. We may seem so buffered from it. We can't we can't be that we we've got to be part of the solution. We've got to be part of the solution of trying to stop this and do our very best. I've been trying to have an attitude as if I have it and doing all that I can to make sure no one else gets it. But being responsible, being responsible and taking this seriously. What do I want us to remember here brothers and sisters as we end? I want us to remember in this, this crazy time that we're all experiencing. I want us to remember the Lord. I want us to remember His promises. I want us to remember the assurances that He has for us. What's the first thing I want us to remember? I want us to remember that we are a people of faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We live by faith, not by sight. The Apostle Paul was reminding the Corinthian believers that we're people of faith. We don't just live by the things that are right in front of us. But because of Jesus Christ, He's given us the ability to see beyond the physical realm. There is a spiritual world that really exists. And it's beyond this earth. It's beyond even what we see. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. I don't know what you're struggling with or challenged with. I don't know your level of anxiety or the level of concern or worry that you may have in your life for yourself or even loved ones. But prayer is essential. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Pray continually. We need to be, a, we need to be people of prayer. And not one person knows all. And not one person has all the answers to all that's going on. But God teaches us that we've got to stay close to Him through prayer. That means depending on Him. That means relying on Him and trusting in Him to give us those answers. We need to pray for our own lives. We need to pray for our loved ones. We need to pray that our loved ones are more open to becoming disciples and they're open to God's Word. We need to pray that God does incredible things to, to wake up people to the spiritual side of life. Prayer is essential. I encourage you to keep praying. Keep praying to God. Thirdly, remember 
that we are His church. Matthew 16, verse 18 says, and these are Jesus' words, and I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus says that nothing, nothing will crush, defeat, overcome, overthrow, challenge the kingdom of God, God's church, God's fellowship of saved men and women. His kingdom will last through eternity. This coronavirus will pass. It will pass. And God's kingdom will far outlast any kind of pandemic that hits our world. And you and I have been studying. I think about my faith. I think about my walk with God. And when challenge comes, that's when the true test of my faith and your faith really kicks into gear. Guys, we've been, we've been studying our Bibles. We've been preparing ourselves for such a time of this where our faith can shine in God. And so it's a time not to cower away and to give in to the patterns of the world and what most people are doing. It's time for us to step up and to be bold in our faith, to be convicted about who God really is and that Jesus is Lord. God told about these things. He's equipped His people. He's going to tell us today how to even live today. We are His church. I, I love hearing about, you know, these last few weeks, I, I have loved hearing about many of you have been sending the live stream links to family and friends, not just here on the island, but also all over, and how friends and family have been able to log in if they choose to and get some spiritual feeding and spiritual discernment. But I love that. I love how you've done that, to be able to give your loved ones more access to learning about God. And I pray that if, if you're not committed to God and if you're not a Christian, you're not wholeheartedly following Jesus, I hope that you use this time to spiritually excite you about God's spiritual life for your life. I mean, do we see what God's doing? One of the things that I see God doing, He's God's just totally bypassing government. He's totally bypassing the school systems. And God is actually just getting into our homes. He's just bypassing all these these, these layers that block him from being taught, talked about, shared about. And now that people are open to it, God is now just coming into our homes. That's exactly how he intended it to be, where God would be the center of our home life and where church would start in the home. You know, we've got Easter service coming up. I, I, I anticipate it's going to be the, 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 the most well-attended service throughout the world. But even for the Oahu Church, I really believe we're going to have more people logging on, streaming to hear a message from God's Word. Easter's coming up. He is not here. That's, that's what we're going to be focusing on. And I want to encourage all of us, let's send those digital invites. Let's send those live stream links to as many people as we know. God is going viral, guys. And He is going beyond the walls of any kind of building any, any small thinking that we have about His outreach, God is just blowing that up. And so I want to encourage us to, to get the word out. God's word is going viral. Number four, what do I want us to remember? Remember that we're part of the cure. 
remember we're part of the cure. And we've got a role, as I mentioned earlier through Leviticus. Guys, let's be responsible citizens. We've got our part. Let's make sure that we do all we can to isolate ourselves and be safe and, and not take this seriously in a sense of being flippant about it. No, we need to take this seriously. We can actually help to stop this. But we've got to do our part. Now, certainly, most of the world is concerned about the spread of this deadly coronavirus, which people should be concerned. But here's the thing I want us to remember. Most of us, all of us, the whole world needs, needs to be most, mostly concerned about the deadliest disease, and that's sin. Sin infects everyone. And that is far greater than a virus. A lot of people don't realize that the disease of sin has a cure, and the cure is Jesus. He's it. I mean, if you're a disciple, then you've got to constantly remember, you've already hit jackpot. You, you've got exactly what you need to be successful through Jesus Christ. But Jesus is our antidote. He's our cure. And what's most important for you and for me in our lifetime here on earth is whether we are right with God or not. There's other phrases in the Bible about being saved and not being lost. We're in the lost category when we're not connected to God, when we're not relying on Him for our strength and our future, or we're trying to live our own life, our own strength, and figuring it out on our own being. But we can be lost. But the most important thing for you and for me is to be saved. And questions we've got to be able to ask ourselves is, am I right with God? Am I saved? And how important is that for you? How important is that for you at this time? And whether you're a Christian or not, these are things that we've got to reflect on. God has certainly given us a lot of time to do that. And to reflect on our lives. But how important is that for you? The Bible, the Bible is very clear how individuals will respond once they understand the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about believing and having faith in Jesus. The scriptures talk about repenting and turning away from your sin. If you're going to live faithfully as a disciple of Christ, you've got to change. There's got to be change in you, and you've got to repent. You've got to change in the behaviors and what you love and what you hate. The Bible talks about confessing Jesus as Lord, and you reach a point in your life where you realize that God is God and you're not. But you voluntarily submit your life under Jesus' leadership. The Bible talks about being baptized and being buried and being baptized for the forgiveness of sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. These are all biblical directions of how one responds to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's not by our emotions, it's not by our feelings, but it's by God's Word. And I hope, I hope even today you've gained more respect from Leviticus on what God has already said. He is certainly capable of telling us today what He wants us to be able to do in our lives. Lastly, I want us to remember that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. 
There's a passage in Job 42, verse 2. And he says, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. And when you read this in context, this was spoken by a man named Job who lost everything. He lost family. He lost livelihood. He lost, lost possessions. The only thing he still had was his life and his relationship with God. But even in the midst of calamity and tragedy in his life, the one thing he still had conviction about was, God, your purposes are going to prevail, even in the midst of my own personal struggles. That's an important scripture, I think, for you and for me to be able to remember. God is God, and he's sovereign, he's in control. And what does that mean? It means that he rules over all. It means that there's nothing that he doesn't notice. It means that he sees all. And he knows all, and he's in control. Our world is never going to be the same. That's just my, my opinion. I just don't think the world is going to be the same. And there are too many reasons, too many reasons. to his authority and refuse to have that walk with God or, or will you be one who sees what's happening in our world today and realize that I've got to get more serious I've got to get more serious of my own walk with God I've got to take sin a lot more seriously in my own life I've got to be a whole lot serious about even becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ I hope, I hope you seize the opportunity and I hope you choose the latter I hope everyone who's listening to this message opens up your heart to be able to find God and to go to Him and to live for Him the rest of your life. You know, throughout history, God has tried to get our attention as a human race. He tried to get people's attention through a great flood. He tried to get people's attention in the world by sending plagues, and I would classify this coronavirus fitting under one of those categories. God tried to get the attention of mankind by parting the Red Sea. Ultimately, God tried to get everyone's attention through the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if that doesn't get my attention or your attention, then someone even coming back from the dead is not going to help. God is trying to get our attention that life is fragile, life is short, Jesus is the cure, He is the answer, not only for the coronavirus, but for our sins and for our very lives. God is sovereign. I hope today that the goal of respecting God's Word and seeing how He's empowered His people through the past I hope this goal has been accomplished and that we respect the Holy Bible even more for our livelihood, for very, very, very essence of how we live and are sustained in our lives. Holy habits, holy habit, remembering the Lord. God has spoken to us in the past. 
and he speaks to us today. Let's take action. And I don't know what that action is for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's one where you are more convicted about being closer to God even today. Maybe the action is becoming a disciple. Maybe it's getting baptized and getting your sins forgiven and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Stay connected this week through Ohana groups. I, I pray you're connected and wanting to be connected. I pray you're initiating and that no one has to chase you down. We've got Easter coming up next week, brothers and sisters. Let's go viral. Let's spread the message about Jesus Christ. Thank you again for taking some time to join us in worshiping and respecting God's Word. Stay healthy. Stay safe. God bless. 